What's up, fam? Welcome to our podcast, We Play Cousins. I'm Andrea. And I'm Lindsay. In this space, we will talk about connections, relationships, and community. Telling stories and celebrating chosen family. I am a mixed race woman who pastors and lives in the city of Detroit. I am a queer black woman from Chicago and the executive director of a nonprofit. And together, we, we play, play cousins. cousins. Come along as we introduce you to more of our family. Hey, Andrea. Hey, hey. Here we are um, on the next episode. And, um, you know, today we're not, people aren't going to hear it today, but we're recording today the day before a historic inauguration. (laughs) And, um, I mean, Joe Biden, yes, but we're really excited about our girl. Joe Biden. Sure. Yeah. Happy. happy about it. It's not Donald Trump anymore. Even more happy about that. But most excited about our girl, Vice President elect Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris! <laughs> and now for the people in the back, Madam <laughs> Vice President. Yes, 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 yes. And, um, of course, as is always the case when um, Black Joy increases and comes out in public, the foolishness of whiteness comes out too. So we know there's just a lot around what's going to happen tomorrow. So I'm wondering what you are going to do on Inauguration Day. What's your plan for this mm-hmm. um, celebration and all that might be happening? So first, I'm going to get up tomorrow. I might do it tonight, like, or right now, and right after we get up. I'm put <laughs> hashtag white people don't white. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop it. Stop whiting. Just stop it. Just stop whiting. Uh, let us have this moment. Y'all had y'all moment last week on the 6th. Like, I mean, you know, full color spread. Everybody talking about y'all. Like, so there you go. Now simmer down. To the back of the room uh so uh but yeah i'm excited so i've tried to clear my my schedule for tomorrow i do i did end up with a meeting at four so i i just i may sleep with the tv on so that it's just like as soon as i open my eyes like whatever's happening it's happening right because i know people planning parties like there's a playlist mm-hmm. um that uh uh biden and kamala put out on uh spotify so i may wake up you know spinning that jam yes um and so i got the schedule of all the events um so i'm gonna just be locked in um my wife and i were gonna do a champagne toast maybe mimosas i think the inauguration is in the morning so we're gonna toast that we're just planning to be really present with each other um we're gonna have our pearls on Gotta wear a uniform. Right. Shout out. Uh, I'm gonna be wearing pajamas with them. Right. With COVID. And I'm excited, but not enough to like, you know, I will shower. I might go that far, but I ain't gonna put the real clothes on. <laughs> so that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna be feel joy um all day. Um, 
one thing that's happening today is um, uh, uh, Biden and Kamala, they're doing, I think it's at like 5 p.m. They're lighting candles and ringing bells for all the lives that have been lost yeah. um, in COVID. Um, so I think we'll start like the whole inauguration-ness Mm-hmm. Um, being in that moment with them, just recognizing humanity at the top is the highest level of government. And so grieve and mourn and um, weep and um, mm-hmm. be in solidarity with the world around um, all the folks who have lost their lives to this yeah. awful pandemic. So I think that will sort of be our kickoff or our ushering in. Um, but yeah, we don't have snacks, pizza. I got the freezer full of like junk food, like comfort, you know, French fries, onion rings. So basically, I'm going to be in a, a health crisis for the inauguration. So that's my thing. What you what you got going on? Um, I also cleared my schedule. Uh, mostly I have a, a one meeting tomorrow afternoon, but um wanted to make space for celebration and whatever else I might need, um, to take care of myself. So, um, I have, I too have a freezer full of food. Um, (laughs) I've selected, um, some of my favorite food, uh, to make. So I want to, you know, make myself a good dinner. Um, and I love the idea of mimosas because you're right. It is at 11, the inauguration's at 1130, I think. Um, so I have a little celebratory drink and, um, I'll probably Marco Polo, some of my play cousins and be on there talking, um, and send you some messages, uh, with mimosa in hand (laughs) and and others. Um, and I think for me, I want to be intentional about, um, just kind of dwelling in a moment of hope. Um, I think uh, in a lot of other years when I've been at the inauguration, viewing the inauguration, I've had this sort of voice in the back of my head that I think a lot of us have. It's like, okay, but let's temper, let's, let's temper down how much hope we have because we know that these are politicians, that they're going to do what politicians do, et cetera, et cetera. And this year it just feels like, um, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want to do that. Right. Like it's, there's already been so much heaviness and so much weight on us that I just want to hope for the things that I hope for. And I want to think about what it is that I'm hoping will happen politically in our country and through this administration um, and let that hope live for as long as it can live. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if and when I get disappointed, then then um, to let those hopes be a real anchor to the work that we have to do, right? So I wanted this to happen, and you all didn't do it, and now we got to organize, we got to make it happen. So um, so I'm going to try to live in in that space of hope, celebration, raise a, a glass of mimosa, um, and let that give me a little uplift for the days to come. Yeah, that's that's a solid plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, approved by Kirksey. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Um, and you know, if I can master making some delicious um, kimchi pancake 
which mm. is my 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 food of celebration choice for my mm. Korean siblings, then that'll be just a little icing on the cake for tomorrow. <laughs> nice. I, on the other hand, if it's not junk food from my freezer, I'm probably going to order it in. But I, but I, I respect your grind. <laughs> I like. Thank you. <laughs> it might end in a in an emergency order because I I aspire to be a good cook, but you know, <laughs> we'll see. Hey, my money's on you. Always bet on black. Always. So I think I think you're gonna get it. Thank you. Thank you. So, but before tomorrow, before the inauguration, we've got some great things for today's episode. So who's on? What's up for today? Yeah. So I'm excited about today's episode. Episode two. Woo! We in there now. Like we bonafide. I mean, we got episode zero. So it's technically episode three. Right. But I think we're trying to be like, I don't know, um, appeasing or appealing to the millennials. We're like, let's do episode zero. That's just... what all the real podcasts do. Right. Cool. <laughs> Um, I'm not cool. I'm popular, but I am not cool ever. Um, so uh, we have my one of my favorite play cousins, uh, Tanya Witten. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known her as Tanya Franklin, but she recently got married. So I have to try to switch my brain on her name like I do on the date of 2021, mm-hmm. which I have scratched off several times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I'm excited to talk with her. Um, and get into some stuff about uh, working as women of color, how we encourage each other in the workspace, and and some stuff about marriage. So I think we're going to get into all of that. Uh, so yeah, so Tanya Franklin is coming up. Ooh, Tanya, Tanya Whitting is coming up next. <laughs> All right. So um, this week, my guest is Tanya Witten. And um, I'm excited because she a play cousin that um, I can't live without. So I love her more than my real cousins. <laughs> I can say that because I ain't got a lot of them. So not a lot of people going to be offended. One or two. Um, my mom was an only child. So, you know. We got her cousins, but they old, so everything's gonna be all right. So um, Tanya Frank, uh, oops, okay, I may slip up and call her Tanya Franklin because she just recently got married, and for the whole time that I've known her, that's been her name. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna get Witten in there because her uh, husband, OC, I want to keep him as a friend. Yeah, for yeah. one, he's large, like he's <laughs> a linebacker large, right? Yeah. You don't want him coming for you. I want him charging me on the street one day no. and being like, why are you trying to turn my wife around? <laughs> um, um, with him. So uh, Tanya works with me. And um, so that's how uh, uh, we met. Uh, but she also uh, does uh, development um, at a nonprofit and uh, so, yeah, so she's good people. So I'm going to let her um, inter- introduce herself a little bit more um, and say what she wants to say about herself. So, All right. Well, hey, Play Cousin. Um, I'm Tanya. And um, let's see. I, like Andrea said, I work for a nonprofit here in Garfield Park. Um, and I also work with Andrea at DOOR. 
Um, I've lived in Chicago for probably about, it'll be six, five years this year. Uh, recently married to O.C. Witten, and um, I have a grown daughter who's 22. She'll be 23 next year, and um, he has three grown children, so kind of in inherited some grown folks into our family. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, originally from New Jersey, lived in Nashville, Tennessee for 10 years, and um, I'm here in Chicago probably for life. Yay! Yeah. Life. <laughs> life. <laughs> so um, let's talk about how we met, how we first became Play Cousins. Um, do you want to kick it off? Or you want me to start? Yeah, let's have you start. Okay. I'll, I'll... And when I start making up stuff, you just yeah. like, you'll correct it. Most people want to operate that way. Uh -huh. um, so uh, the organization that I work for, we were hiring um, a couple years ago. And so that's how we first came in contact with Tanya. It's for a different position than she has now. And it was one of those interviews where like, uh, when she leaves, like everybody's like, wow, like I'm so intrigued by her, like her background, like all the things she had done, like the places, you know? Um, and so, uh, so, you know, we were moving forward with, uh, interviews and something came up and she wasn't act uh, able to finish that process. So, um, so that was that. And so we hired somebody else for that position. And uh, then later we had another position, operations position. And, um, I, you know, we were like looking at our candidates, like, you know, we had some people showing up, you know, going through inter re uh, resumes, but I wasn't quite feeling like totally like, wow, like we have found, I have found my person. Cause I really think of operations as my person mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> as the executive director. Right. Um, and so literally one night I was sleeping and um, I just woke up and I felt like God was speaking to me and said, what about Tanya Franklin? Cause that's who she was, Franklin. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I get a pass on that. Yes, <laughs> yes you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to go back to sleep, but I couldn't. I just kept thinking about her. And so I got up, I got on my laptop, um, found her resume. And when I read it, it was so operations. The other position we were looking for was not operations. Mm -hmm. um, and this, I mean, it was like, you know, the job description, like pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the next morning I just said, Holy Spirit, if this is you, then you're going to give me what I want. <laughs> Otherwise, it's the devil and he messing with me. So, um <laughs> So I, I reached out to her uh, the next day and said, you know, hey, can you, <laughs> you still want to be with us? <laughs> so, and uh, she was like, yes, I would love to come in and interview. And uh, again, when she came in for the interview, it was this wow moment. Like all of us sitting around the table were like, yes, like this is perfect. But we had to like play it down. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they want like triple benefits, yeah. and, like a whole lot of money, and a company car, yeah. and uh, parking space, you know, all that stuff. So I was like, yeah, you know, we'll let you know. Yeah, it's always a, we've got a couple more people to interview. And yeah, <laughs> you high up on the list, but you know, we got some more people in the mix. 
but that's how we sort of first got in each other's presence. Mm-hmm. You got anything to add or subtract from that? Yeah, I remember the first interview, and I usually walk into interviews and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like, okay, God, if this is for me, it's for me, and if it's not, it's not. And that kind of takes away the anxiety. And so I'm able to walk in and just be myself, you know. Um, but I remember sitting around the table. Now, I had never, I don't know what year this was, 2018? I had never, like, worked for a Black woman. I had never seen, like, a Black woman in charge. And so I was just, like, intrigued also, you know, just like, oh, she up in here doing stuff, you know. And so, um, and then I remember the phone call when you had invited me back for an interview and like that had never happened to me. And I was just like, there's something interesting about this, you know, and, you know, then going back into the interview, it was something about like you, Andrea, and the folks around the table had kind of really noticed what was on my resume and kind of was able to connect that with the position, which I don't see other people doing that a lot. And so, um, so it, you know, I think it was just a God thing. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of our journey. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I remember somebody making the comment, um, maybe after you left or right before we were going over your uh, your uh, resume, because you had been a pastor's assistant, assistant mm-hmm. to a pastor, mm-hmm. um, administrative assistant to a pastor. They were sort of like, oh, she could do anything. <laughs> like, and it, like, if she's been an assistant to a pastor, like, she got all the skills. Yeah. You know how to move people without them knowing they've been moved. <laughs> yes. Um, you know how to negotiate. You know how to, like, um, de-escalate, right? Mm-hmm. It just got to be, like, organized as shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was funny. We were, I remember. And we have a lot of pastors on our board and sort of in the mix of our organization. So they were all, you know, I think they were tra- channeling like all that they had put their uh-huh. assistance through. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They were sort of like, oh yeah, she 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 might as well came in here with a cape on. So, <laughs> so being a uh, pastor, administrative assistant for, for a pastor, how was that? What are some of the things that you learned that you, um, that developed in you like, yeah. I know your knees wore out because <laughs> all the people's. <laughs> yeah. My um my first role in the working in the church was my first time being a pastor's assistant. Um, it was back when I lived in New Jersey and I had just became a Christian. I had just started going to church, never went to church in my life. And so all of this was new to me. And then this guy, um, this pastor came up to me and asked me if I wanted to um interview for this position. And so I did and I got the job, but that first role, he was such a great boss to me in that he let me um, experience things I had never experienced. He like gave me permission to like learn and fail. And, you know, he just gave me so many opportunities and he was very well connected in like the city and government stuff. And so I got to meet and be in situations with very like high level people early on. And um, at that point, I was like doing hospitality. But then, you know, you do everything, you know, you do. So there's there was just a lot of learning, a lot of event planning, a lot of meeting um, hospitality. And, you know, then there's a tech side of it. So it's just, you know, you just 
get into everything and you learn. And it was just a great place for me to do that because he wasn't, he, he expected excellence, but he didn't look for perfection. So it was just kind of like, you know, you figure it out and do it. And so that was great. And then I went on to work for another pastor who was very similar in that he really needed um, an assistant for certain things. And then he allowed me to take, take things above and beyond. One of the biggest things I learned in that second role was that that pastor was like a outward processing visionary. And so he would just like spew off things like creative things or things that he wanted us to do, just kind of like dreaming. But I would always take that like, oh, we're doing that. And so I remember because <laughs> I'm like concrete. I'm like, if you said it, that's what you want. So we're going to execute it. And so um, I remember like one year we, he was like, we, it would be great if we have a church picnic, right? So it was a church of about, I don't know, probably 500 people at the time. And so I'm like, okay, here's a date. We're going to organize it. I got volunteers, you know, we did all the, the communications and the marketing and stuff. And it was wonderful. We had like 300 people there on the yards and um, it was great. And he told me years later, he was like, you pulled that off. And I was like, just throwing it out there. I wasn't like... <laughs> Oh goodness. But so again, like that, that allowed me to like expand and experience different things and experiment on different things and um, sometimes be a little extra. Yeah. Well, I definitely benefit from that. Yeah. You know, um, Cause I think, I feel like I do the same thing. I just be like, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And then I get like some kind of list and some program, like there's always links, like click this. Right. And I go in it like, opens up like all my thoughts and it's just like organized right my brain's like wow yeah if your brain could be like that around other things like we might make it (laughs) (laughs) and I think so there's an interesting also caveat to our working relationship um because at one point like you know you sort of moved on from door um and you know uh we you know, we just a small nonprofit, like we don't, we ain't got no great benefits. So when I was like, don't get too excited because she gonna want all the things. We didn't have all the things yeah. to, you know, to give anyways. So um, you felt like you needed to uh, be somewhere else and, and doing another jam. Somebody poached you from me. I guess you could say that. Yeah. yeah I'm going to let that go. <laughs> Whatever. So, but, and in my head, I was like, I hear the words coming out of her mouth. <laughs> But I don't mean nothing. So then I just like started calling you and be like, hey, well, you want to work together in a coffee shop? <laughs> it was a setup. Like, you want to, let's just like work remotely. And this was yeah. before COVID. So yeah. it was really stalking. And I got a lot of stalking in my background. You're hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm starting to hear these words out loud. <laughs> a little bit, some kind of, I got to call my therapist after. Yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> So, um, and I remember there was one day we were sort of co-working. I had a friend in town, Tamia, and she was there. And I took a picture yeah. and put it on Facebook and it said something like, she thought she left me, but she will never, <laughs> never, right? Um, and then I just slowly kept pulling you back in and I'd hired somebody else that, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, you had been training that person. I mean, you really... I don't know, maybe we spent like a week separated. Yeah, true. And it, it was probably a snowstorm and I couldn't get to you. So. 
But um, and so now you do you gig with us part time, um, which for a normal person that would really be part time, but for you it's like sort of like time and a half, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we do all the things. Um, and I do, you know, working with you has um, allowed me to tap into that creative part. Like you're just a great think thinking partner, mm-hmm. and you ask those really good follow-up questions like how you gonna do that (laughs) yeah what will that look like (laughs) who's gonna pay for it (laughs) you know i'm only part-time gonna do the rest of the work right but there have been some you know some places and spaces that i've gone into for presentations and different things and you're great at like making PowerPoints come alive. I send you words, literally just words. And you send back to me a presentation that's like amazing. It's got links on it. It's got historical background. Like I didn't even know I needed that. But then sure enough, somebody in in a meeting would ask me for something. And I'd be like, oh, well, that's on slide four. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um. And then just uh, sort of just our friendship. So that's all um, work stuff, you know, and and because our work is sort of in a a personal vulnerable place, like our friendship, you know, all of that stuff is in the mix. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, just as a friend in my life, um, and that's really why I was like, I can't let her go. Like, I need... I need a, <laughs> you do that often. Yeah. I do that often. Yeah. You can go like that. Yeah. All the time when I do it. Um, so, I mean, I, I like your faith um, in God and community and humanity is so rich and deep and um, authentic. Um, And that is so good for me because sometimes I'm a little bit snarky. Um, And I have some bruising and trauma from my church background growing up. And you are, well, I I won't, how would you, I won't just, I won't define your, church experience I was gonna say like you're more conservative Mm -hmm. um you definitely speak church right Mm -hmm. um and sometimes it reminds me of the words that I would hear in my church that ended up not being a great place for me right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they're still words that I love and that's Mm -hmm. the thing like my my church experience. I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, right, right? Right. Because I was loved in that church. I, I figured out how to love God in that church. Yeah. Um, the elders of that church. I mean, they cared for us so deeply, right? Like, you know, I remember like we would go there all the time. It was a community church, neighborhood church down the street from our house. Our parents would call there and ask for us. Like they they didn't like look in the streets for us or yeah. call our friends. They would call the church. We were there Monday through Sunday every week. Like there were just different activities. And uh the associate pastor had a list on the refrigerator 
for when he went to the grocery store, like what we wanted, right? <laughs> always get French fries from the from the restaurant down the street. So ketchup was like large, you know, <laughs> soda, right? Cookies, like, you know, we knew we had to have our stuff on that list by a certain date or, yeah. you know, you weren't going to get it. Yeah. So there's, you know, and, and so a lot of the language, like even when I said, like, God woke me up and mm-hmm. called your name forth in my life. Those are not words that I had said in a very long time, mm-hmm. um, just because of some of the baggage. Yeah. But, you know, for, for me, our relationship, I love that language. I love people calling on God, uh, giving God glory, believing, like you believe in God, like deep, deep, deep. Right. And I love that. Like my, my soul connects with it, like a magnet real quick. Right. <laughs> um, but then there's a part of me that's like dealing with what came on the other side of yeah. that. Um, and so I, I, you have been a gift in my life and that respect that it creates a space for the holy that I was sort of resistant to. Um, and that's been, that's been so cool for me. Um, that's really beautiful to hear you say that, Andrea. And, um, you know, I, when I got here to Chicago, I was coming to do mission work. And I did like, and I say mission work in quotes. Um, it was a really hard season for me for those three years where I was. And it really, it challenged my faith. It challenged what I thought about myself. It challenged what I understood about what being a missionary meant. And I mean, it was a rough time. And so um, I had to do some unlearning and relearning mm. when I didn't even understand what was happening. But when I connected with you, you were speaking that language of unlearning and relearning some things that were just trash, you know, as, as it relates to Christianity. And so, um, so in that space, I'm hearing you and I'm like, what? Not, not really understanding, but as the time went by, that unlearning was happening and things were being shed. I was starting to understand the hurt and the pain that I was feeling that that happened in relationship with other people who say that they believe in God. And so, um, so, and, and when you were like, when I, when I resigned or tried to resign the first time (laughs) and, and you, at one point you were like, uh, uh, once you're, once you're with me, like you're never going anywhere, you know? And I, you're like, you're stuck with me for life. And I'm like, I would tell, see, I don't know what's wrong with this woman. Like she won't let me go. I don't know. She's like, I'm stuck with her for life. I don't understand. And he would say, you know, maybe God has something for you and her together. Like he's purposeful in this relationship. And so I look at it that way. Like God has something for you and I together, which I love, you know? So um, to hear you say that, it helps me to see some of what that is, you know, you lift me up in ways, you encourage me in ways that, um, you know, I've grown up a lot just being friends with you, you know, grown up in my confidence as a woman, my confidence as a leader, my confidence in my ministry, um, just being connected and doing life and work with you. So I think it's just all purposeful in what God has for us together. Mm-hmm. Look at us having a little love you know, we have a lot of fun together. Uh, we laugh a lot. 
Although sometimes I'm realizing in my friendships, um, because I'm a seven on the Enneagram, super extroverted. Yeah. Sometimes I don't realize everybody in it but me until <laughs> somebody roll tape. I was like, we was all laughing and having such a good time. People were like, no, we were kind of watching you. You, you were doing all of those things. Uh, we, have a, we have a good time together. So uh, speaking of your husband, who now that I know when you came home and was like, should I call 911 because this woman's stalking me? <laughs> 311, like non-emergency, but real serious still. That uh, he was like, uh, why don't you, why don't you give her a chance? <laughs> yes. So now he's the real hero in my life. <laughs> okay. Um, so you just recently got married. Yeah. Um, in in COVID times. Jeez. So how was that journey trying to figure out how to get married in the time of COVID? Yeah, um, it was horrible. It was horrible. And I say that because it was horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no other explanation. But, you know, I never like I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, I dream of this big wedding and all the things. I didn't have dreams. You know, I was like, if I get married, I just want to have a backyard barbecue. Right. And. Before COVID, you know, as we were planning, OC was like, no, you're going to want to have a big wedding. You're going to want all your friends there and blah, blah. I'm like, no, I just want to have a backyard barbecue who can come, come, whatever. And so, but then like, I started thinking, well, it would be nice to have it in the church and have all the things, you know? So we started like planning. We were going to have our wedding in Nashville because that's where most of my friends are. Um, And my family was going to travel. Um, but then COVID hit and the whole time I was planning for Nashville, but then pulling back and not wanting to like put people in danger or cause people to have to make a decision about whether they were going to travel or not travel, if they were going to disappoint me or whatever. And it just became a heavy weight. And so it's, and then my mom couldn't come, you know, there were travel restrictions and then my closest friends couldn't come. And I was just like, what's the What's the point in doing all this if the closest people to me can't be there and then other people have to make a decision? So um, so we made the decision to have it in Chicago and we looked at a couple of venues. We were going to do a couple of things and that even became complicated. Um, and I don't have like a big group of friends here since I've not been here that long. And I didn't want anybody to travel because of, you know, the pandemic. And so... Um, so then having it at a venue didn't make sense, you know, so we decided to have it on our front porch. You know, one day I was just like, you know what, let's just do it here. And and that was the most amazing, best decision ever. So my daughter um, was in college. She was in college in Scotland and she was coming for the wedding. But um, she decided she put up this um, Instagram story and it was like seven little swipes, swipes or whatever about me so she's looking for volunteers to help organize this wedding and it's like this is my mom she's amazing i love her she's such a nice lady we need help and this girl from scotland got like eight or nine volunteers including like a wedding coordinator a dj and they came and transformed our front porch and the sidewalk and everything and we just had an amazing fun time andrea was there um and it was just, it turned out to be the backyard barbecue that I wanted. And it was perfect. Yes, it was. It was beautiful. I drove up 
you know, everybody had to bring their own car. And their own chair. Your own, your own <laughs> car. Well, I meant to say your own chair. But my own car came out. Like, don't come in anybody else's car. Come in your own car. Yeah. Your own chair, your little water. Um, I remember being hot. It was, it was hot. hot. So hot. And, um, you know, I'd be having hot flashes. So that is just, I, I got to be careful about <laughs> how hot I can get. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but I realized I got out the chair. I mean, got out the car. I don't know. What's my way? <laughs> I put my, put my chair up and the sun was just like beating on me. Yeah, right? yeah. But you guys had a big speaker and I could hear right there. And my car was right next to me. And I thought, if I can hear from sitting in a chair right outside my car, I could probably hear sitting in my car. And the whole street was like sort of blocked off because there were people who showed up in cars and were like double parked. Yeah. You know how we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I got back in my car and I rolled down the windows and put the air on so I could survive. Um, but it was beautiful. And I, um, O.C. made um, in his vows, which were beautiful and hilarious. Um, he made a statement. I, I voice recorded it on my phone. Mm. Um, but it was something to the fact that he, I don't know if he said he promised or he going to do his best or he going to work real hard. <laughs> he probably would with promise. Yeah. But now he probably at, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to hard. Yeah. We ain't get it this week, but right. next week I'm going to go at it. Like, you know, it smacked me. That's how yeah. hard I'm going to do yeah. that thing. But he made this statement about um, wanting to not sort of, um, hinder your relationship with the baggage of past relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Which is tough. And we all want to hear it. that's we like, hey, how this gonna play out? Yeah. Yeah. There's other people, you know, figuratively in the room. That's right. And some days they, you know, like the Tasmanian devil, like they just bring up all kinds of stuff. Um yeah. I remember that and it was so beautiful. I don't have all of his wording correct like the way that he said it but I did it you know I tried to hold it in my head as long as I could and take out my phone to do a voice uh, memo of that because I just thought it was so beautiful and it's hard to attain yeah be real clear about that but the recognition Mm -hmm. right that this thing can be a real hindrance yeah and the fact that those people those relationships are the 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 person may be gone but the trauma or the 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 situations the hardness of it the way that it diminished us in some areas um and hurt us and it's real triggering right Mm -hmm. um is in there so this sort of acknowledgement of that. Yeah. And we know personally how much it damages us just when we're standing alone, right? right? And and the potential that when it then spills over into the life of the other person that we hold most dear, that's the most beloved to us, yeah. that it can really wreak havoc. Um, and so I just love that he named that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like everybody who was on that grass... <laughs> Um, 
could relate to that. It was so real. It was it's such a real thing about life. Um, and, and all those past relationships aren't necessarily like dating and or romantic relationships. Right. Right. Um, it's with our parents, our friends, our neighbors, our kids, our second grade teacher, you know, like um, all the people who have ever like put a nick in our soul, which is easy to do, whether intentionally or unintentional. Um, and so, yeah, I, lo- I love that moment. He's probably at the I'm I'm a try real hard place right now, which is okay. But you know what? One of the things about marriage that I'm learning is that you're right about that trauma and stuff. Like, and even for me, I've I've I'm I'm very self reflective, but not emotionally, you know. Hmm. And so being married has opened up that place of where place that I didn't have to think or feel or whatever or experience or remember has opened that stuff up and it's like it's like um it's hard you know but it's also beautiful when like you get work through that stuff and then there's healing and then there's growth and then there's beauty and so you know that, that that's some of the things that people don't necessarily talk about mm-hmm. when it comes to marriage you know but yeah it's hard work but it's good and worthy work yeah 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 i found that marriage is the hardest work, the hardest relationship that I have. Yeah. It takes a lot of work, but it yeah. also is the relationship that I've reaped the most benefit from, mm-hmm. like that I've changed because, yeah. you know, other people you can sort of walk away or shove things down. Um, but if you marry well, the key is to marry well. Yeah. Um, because if you marry well, the relationship, the marriage just continues to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, my wife and I both did a lot of work. Even you, we got married late in life. You know, we were, I was in my forties. <laughs> um, and we had done a lot of therapy, a lot of work, a lot of, and then, but we still, I mean, it was like starting, it was like ground zero still. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you have a little swag and you're like, Hey, I've been in therapy for like half my life. You know, yeah. like I'm talking about some stuff. I experienced some things. And this other person saying the same thing. And then it's like, wait, do you hear yourself smacking? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what's that? Um, <laughs> you sort of like, wow. Like, I really didn't think that was going, that was what, that was what was going to catch me up. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but early on um, in my relationship with my now wife when we were dating, um, <clears throat> we had like gotten to a little bit like a disagreement, you know, and when I went home to my own place, I was like, man, that's so weird. Like, how did we get there? You know? And so I was, um, on Amazon looking for books for communication because I was whipped y'all. I was toe up early. Right. So I'm like, I'm gonna read about this. Cause yeah. <laughs> we got a keeper. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she called me and she said, what are you doing? And I said, um, I'm on Amazon looking for books on communication. Now, my wife is the queen of communications. Like, she just, all the feelings, all the words, you know. And she said back to me, oh, well, when you find what you're looking for, send me the link and I will get them too. And we will be reading them, right? Sweet. And so that was, you know, it's that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. That uh, when you choose wisely, they're always... They may not always understand or be like, 
sometimes even sympathetic, like get over it, right? Like, yeah. To work on that, yeah. Okay, that's not around me, right? <laughs> yeah. They at least in the boat, they may be at you, might be at one end and they might be right. at the other end, you know, uh, and willing to meet in the middle. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, all right, so before we wrap up, there's a story. So, you and I were at a park having a picnic. Did we want food? It was COVID, no, we were gonna, but we didn't. No, oh, yeah, we were gonna get food, but we didn't, and we were just meeting up like just to be friends during COVID. And um, so we're sitting at this little park and then what happens? Oh, this cute little squirrel comes up to us and he's so cute and he would come up and he would stand up on his little feet and kind of like twinkle his fingers, like begging for something. There was no food there. I don't understand. Anyway, but he came real close and like was participating in our conversation. And so I like, I like call to him like a little and Andrew was like, I thought she was going to punch me in the face. She was like, don't you dare call that squirrel over here. <laughs> but he would not leave us alone. He came he under the table. Alone. He was in love with you. He this was in love with me. Yes, he was. Crush. <laughs> I have a picture of him and he posed. He posed he for that picture. I wish I could like post it for y'all to see, but it was like, it was so weird. <laughs> he would go play with his little friends and then he would come back over right in front of Tanya, like up on his, I mean, it was, and I would say something to him, and he would like run or like look at what he was gonna stretch my eyes out. I've never seen a squirrel have a crush on his, <laughs> but we have a photo of it. Yeah, we do have a picture. We posted it on the We Play Cousins say to people, do you see the look of love in his eyes? Yes or no? And have people vote and That's see. hilarious. Yeah. Um, Before we close out, tell me what you're doing for self-care. And then I want you to share with me either a book or music that's giving you life right now. Oh, okay. Um, So for self-care is a couple of things. One is I'm tapping into my creative side because I'm very left brain, but I'm kind of like in the middle. Um, But I don't tap into my creative side very much. And so that includes like writing and um, uh, I'm learning to play the piano. Ooh. And so uh, that's really a challenge, but I'm up for it. So that's one part. Um, the other is I'm wanting to read more. So I started reading, um, which I haven't done in a long time. So that's another part of self-care. And then the third is like doing things to help my body to relax. So where I used to live before I got married and moved into OC's place, I didn't have a bathtub for four years. And mm. so... Um, now we have this huge bathtub, and so I try to take advantage of that as much as I can. Um, yeah, so those are my self-care things. Um, music, I am listening to right now. There's, It's not an artist or a song, but kind of like Black gospel music that's like praise and worship, not like CCM praise and worship, but like black gospel praise and worship and so i'll listen to that and that just gives me life mm-hmm. awesome. play cousin um i see you on friday <laughs> yes staff meeting in yeah. our late but not too late staff christmas party yes <laughs> we gonna turn up we gonna turn up on zoom we might they might it might just shut down that's how hard we going on zoom they might just be like, for some reason, y'all are not 
adhering to the rules <laughs> back on Zoom. So, um, oh, but we're gonna try to live right. Yeah. Um, so, thank you for coming through and yeah. um, participating in what we play, cousins. And uh, I love you lots and lots and lots. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll talk to you later. All right, my friend. Thank you, my cousins. wow wow what a great uh conversation between you and tanya um what a great friendship and working relationship i love the the layers of your relationship that you have and um the way that you both hold all of those together. I think sometimes we believe like that we have to keep people in certain boxes and we can't Mm -hmm. have like work friends and real friends and um, spiritual friends. And, and I just love that you all cross, cross all those sectors. And I took notes. I took notes as an unmarried person. I was writing, I was like, okay, Okay. Next, <laughs> next time I need you all to do like the step by step how to get to choosing well. Yes. I'll be looking for that. We will definitely have that conversation. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it was a great time. I uh enjoy uh Tanya's our work relationship and our friendship. So uh the best of both worlds uh uh when we engage with one another. So yep. Yeah. And you, it seems like your stocking efforts really just keep turning out well. I don't, oh, gosh. <laughs> so like, I mean, it's one thing to recognize that trait in yourself, but you keep winning with it. So that's like an extra special. What's scary is every time I like bring it up, every time I have a realization, like I'm always convinced like, oh, it was just those two times. <laughs> Or that one time. And then I have another conversation about like how we met and it, there it is again. So it's not so much coincidence as like a definite pattern, <laughs> like a learned skill. So yeah. Anyway, Think I'm like, lean in. Lean like in. I said, I'm calling my therapist um, when we're done and <laughs> we'll talk about that thing. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, what else? are you doing for our final question? What else are you doing um, this week for yourself or for the community? Mm-hmm. So um, for myself, for self-care, like I um, got introduced to this book, uh, My Grandmother's Hand by Resma. Uh, and uh, you can look them up on uh, Amazon or anywhere to buy books. The title of it is My Grandmother's Hands. Mm-hmm. And what I'm liking about the book, it's about trauma um, and our, and it really focuses on our body, um, but he also uses practices of meditation and centering um, mixed in uh, with the in the chapters. So I I haven't done any of the, well. He starts off with one, so I just um, read through the chapter, and now it's time for that centering exercise. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting for a time where. I can be relaxed and sit still um, to do that. So, but I'm really excited about getting into this book and um, some of the practices he has for dealing with trauma in our body. Awesome. Um, And what about you? uh, Yeah, I am um, this week and next week uh, moving forward, trying to lean uh, more into 
relationships. Um, and I'm an introvert, so this often comes up as my goal for the week um, to be connected or to reconnect. Um, but I've recently just been having uh, several conversations with um, colleagues or partners, people who I have promised to be in relationship with who um, need, have asked for space to process what's going on in our nation and what's happening uh, specifically around racism. So um, so I'm working on leaning into those conversations and also having good boundaries in those conversations. Um, and not my tendency sometimes is to be like, to throw everything out and to be like, I don't want to, ain't nobody got time to help <laughs> walk along with you, but I don't want to be, uh, that's not who I want to be. I want to be a good partner who shows up. So, um, so I'm working on that this week. And then in terms of the community, also similarly, I've reconnected with um, a, a group that does faith-based organizing. So they organize church folks for political action. Um, and I've worked with them a lot in the past and just have fallen off. So I'm trying to get re reconnected um, in my work life to, to some of the movement work that's going on. That's very exciting um, in this moment in time, even though there's all sorts of shitstorm of other things happening I think is important to remember um community organizing flipped Georgia it turned out the greatest uh, amount of black and native voters in the last several elections and so mm -hmm. um good work is happening and I want to get reconnected and tied in yeah. and draw strength from that yeah that's awesome yeah. and um on that I saw it on the news um and uh one of the uh, lead organizers in Atlanta. I believe her first name was Pinky. Mm. I don't know if you heard that story, um, mm -mm. but really did so much work, um, passed away um, oh. from COVID. Uh, oh, wow. And so, you know, just as you talk about like the importance of organizing and, and being that like, you know, COVID was not the only risk, you know, that she was always staring down I'm sure I'm sure that there were threats mm. and uh of violence against her and uh times where uh her own confidence maybe had you know been a block for her to believe um what they could or couldn't do um and so um yeah I, again I don't know her last name but I believe her first name is Pinky so I just want to put that out there um as we celebrate this inauguration, um, that we think about all the people that won't be on that stage, right? Who won't be having dance parties in their name or all of these other things, but have really done the work. Mm -hmm. um, and not just to get the people on the top, but all up and down the ticket, you know, uh, for their community. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, before we take, before we pull out of this joint, um, we want to make sure that we give a shout out yes. to our favorite play cousin. I know I say my favorite play cousin all the time, but she like my favorite, favorite, favorite play cousin. For real, so for real. I got to say four times, so I got to keep up for that. Uh, Michael Rose Emerson. And uh, she yes. handled our, the back end of this whole, this whole production. And um, she does our editing, 
Mm-hmm. Marketing, branding, our promotion, mm-hmm. our encouragement. <laughs> and she just pop up with stuff, yeah. right? Like when I first started, I was like, I want to do a podcast. I know what that meant. Um, and so then she was like, do you have a Gmail address? I was like, mm-hmm. my personal one. And all of a sudden I got an email and she's like, here are the passwords to Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, you know, Cash App, you know, uh, know your history. I mean, she just signed me up. She signed us up for everything. So, yes, uh, she's an MVP for sure. She is the MVP. So our girl, Michael Rose Emerson, who you don't see or hear because she's always in the back, in the back, in the back, in the back, in the back. <laughs> big shout out, big love, mm-hmm. uh, big appreciation uh, for you, uh, Michael Rose. Michael Rose. So, Michael Rose. If you don't know her, get to know her. Mm-hmm. You won't regret it. <laughs> That's that show, y'all. You could have been anywhere doing anything, but you chose to be with us. So for that, we say thanks. Thanks, y'all. Lindsay Anderson, you take care of you. Andrea Sawyer Kirksey, you take care of you. And to all our listeners, take care of yourselves. And each other. Hey. Ho. Hey. Ho. Hey. Hey. Oh.